Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond Styles, and I am the master chef, cooking you up something succulent and divine. It's your boy, Zaheer, and we are serving hot talk and cool iced tea. And I'm Mia Mix, here to set the tone and make sure the mood is right. So come on in and get comfortable. Pull up a chair, have a seat. You can even take your shoes off. Wait, not if your feet is down. <laughs> oh, hell no. Welcome, Welcome to Marsha's Plate. The time has come for you to be the change you want them to be, yeah. No more running around filled with all hypocrisy, yeah. It starts from the inside, it spreads wide, and everything will be alright. Join the conversation. Hashtag Marsha's Plate. Oh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We want to hear what you guys have to say. You can also help us build community by becoming a patron on patreon.com slash Marsha's Plate. By contributing to this podcast, you help us continue our powerful work to change culture one episode at a time. So let's get started. All right. So, um... Me and O'Shea been friends for a minute. Um, I already know that he's an open type of guy. Um, he really ain't got no filter. <laughs> he be chilling. As far as Jasper, um, we haven't met in person, but I know that he's very unapologetic on um, online as well and visible. Um, but first, you know, I'm assuming pronouns. I want. I know O'Shea. You go by he, him, right? Do you go by any other pronouns? No, just he, him, is. Oh. Okay. <laughs> what about you, Jasper? Uh, just he, him, his, not she, her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I go by he, him. If you don't know. Um, as far as what you guys do, I know that O'Shea is a health insurance expert. Um, he works for himself. Um, I know Jasper, I don't know if you, what do you do right now? I'm not sure if you said you were still, uh, like career wise, what you were doing. I'm a security guard. Okay. Okay. Cool. Like cook and like nursing homes mm -hmm. and then like vegan restaurants. Okay. Cool. Cool. So, um, there's a lack of visibility for trans men specifically in the media. Why do you guys think that is? I mean, I think vis visibility is a spectrum. And amongst a lot of black trans men that I've come across with with how we approach things, it's more a, a, a lack of fear from what, I, what I've, you know, been accustomed to like talking to guys about a lot of trans men, like it's their fear of, are they gonna clock my teeth? Like, you know, how do we, you know, get you you want to be something more than a trans man to the community you know what i'm saying but that seems to be the first thing that everybody says a black trans man a black trans actor a black trans you know like everything they're tying trans to everything and a lot of black trans men just want you know that trans label you know it's it's cool it's there it exists but it's not something that we want to be tied well i want to be tied to everything personally mm -hmm. you specifically okay. what about you jasper 
I think it's that definitely, but I think too, like, I feel like because of the whole masculinity thing, I, I don't meet, even I'm out here in LA and I still don't meet a lot of black trans actors, like male specifically. Like, I feel like us as black trans men, we don't really, like we do maybe want to do stuff in media or stuff like that, but not really like acting or really anything, like you said, hyper visible where they're going to start putting that label onto you. So eventually we kind of just go back into like the background eventually. So I feel like, yeah, I just don't even meet people mm -hmm. who want to be hyper visible. Do y'all feel like, um, because I know some trans men might have a little bitterness towards trans women getting all the, the sensational, is that being sensationalized more and getting and being more visible? Do you feel like um, trans women's visibility, does that affect our visibility or, at all? But, but it, feel, it seems like y'all are saying more, it's more of a, um, like a self thing. Like it's something yeah. we have to do for ourselves. Do y'all yeah, feel more that way? Or do you feel like trans women's um, visibility affects ours? I think trans women right now, especially with the culture of trans women and so many trans women getting killed, they deserve the spotlight at this point. You know, like black trans men, once you start growing a beard, you grow, your voice get a little bit deeper, you pass very easily. You know what I'm saying? You can get away with small hands, small feet. No, but once you got a beard and you carry yourself in a certain fashion, you know, sometimes you don't have to deal with the same thing that they have to deal with. We're not, you know, you hear about trans men getting killed, but it's not on a, the same level as trans killed. So I feel like at this point in time, their visibility, they deserve it. <laughs> like hands down, they deserve every piece of what, what they got going on right now. Right. So right. it's just my thoughts on it. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm visible enough in my own skin, but you know what I'm saying? Like, Visibility for them is kind of, you know, that's my my thing, you know, making sure trans women are, you know, like they're here. We all exist, but, you know, on a different platform, you know, they they run this stuff right now. You know what I'm saying? They need their visibility. I feel like I feel like the visibility, like, um, I don't think it necessarily has anything to do really with trans women, like, oh, it's because they're taking a spotlight or anything. I think it's just more so people's outside view of what trans is, and they really only see one thing. So then that even takes a part into visibility who they let in to speak for us and say things. But then that also has to do with a lot of people. At least for me, I feel like a lot of us sometimes, like, like a lot of us do want to speak, but a lot of us are just more fear-based. Like, we're a little bit more scared to speak up still in that like in such a visible way it's just that's kind of like i don't think we're fearful in general because we pass all the time so we don't deal with sometimes how he's saying the stuff that they would deal with on a daily and getting killed like on crazy numbers like that but we're just fearful of, i guess just being outed because we're saying something or because we're speaking because people are looking at us too much I remember I remember being clocked when I was like a year and a half on T. I didn't know that would ever happen to me. I think I've been clocked a little bit after that too. And the response definitely wasn't violent. And I feel like for trans women, that's the reality a lot of the times. It's going to be violent. Yeah, like that's 90% so of the time. So true. And it's interesting because 
when you get an eye for trans men, like if you are in community with us, yeah. you get an eye, like it's easier for me to club. So I feel like the more right. visible we are, I feel like that could eventually start happening, especially as people are starting to catch on, like, oh, look yeah, at this car, so. oh, look at this, look at that. And some of it would be ridiculous, but I do think there will, there will come a point where um, we would start to get clocked easier and it may become uh, violent. And that's why I understand a lot of people, they choose to be stealth because, you know, we get a lot of backlash from us being stealth as trans yeah. men. You know, people say we don't show up, which is true to some extent, because a lot of people want to, you know, uh, be comfortable in that privilege. But um, I do feel like um, when it comes, like when the visibility comes more and more, the more violence we experience yeah so some people say that uh part of the reason we don't get visibility is that we hide in stealthhood um i think i think that i think we could all agree that's true oh my god i want to thank all of our new patrons this week thank you thank you thank you yay 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 so not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast you know i also donate to other podcasts i donate to other organizations i have my finger on the post of the community and i know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because i put my money where my mouth is you know, that's just the kind of bitch I am. Community is fuck. <laughs> so thank you. I really, really appreciate you. And if you have not become a patron, why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> Alrighty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. Um, so I would say I know you operate kind of um stealth in a way. Like you're not ashamed of it and you know that you're a trans man. But um, like how is that navigating? Like, do like how do you disclose to folks generally on a general scale? Like, does it take for that conversation to come up or um or like um when it comes to partners i'm sure you disclose like is that about the only time like do you do you operate stealth at work for me i mean it's not stealth to me is not the term i would use i would say more off the radar like off the radar is my definition for it stealth you know it's it's that's a generalized you know word but for me um off the radar has been a little bit more comfortable for me not only from a work standpoint, because, you know, I was a police before I started doing all of this. So, you know, as one of the only that I know of, one of the only trans cops, you know, in Dallas, it, it, that, that was a process in itself, you know what I'm saying? Because there were certain things that I had to disclose going through the application process. And word circulates like wildfire when you have to ex disclose to one person. And at the time, like I said, I hadn't had surgery yet, but I was still very easily passable. And like, yeah. uh, even on the police department, you know, you have a lot of trans men that want to go into law enforcement, won't do it off the strength of people finding when I hadn't had surgery or anything. So I'm like, man, I'm gonna be in this, you know, new realm for me and all that stuff like that. So stealth became 
a lot easier for me. I, for safety purposes, you know what I'm saying? I disclosed to who I needed those to on the police department to make sure nothing happened to me. But as far as like on a day-to-day basis, it's like I say, I'm not just one of those people, you know, you have a lot of trans men that I talk to. They'd be like, yeah, I don't want, I don't want to be seen for my transness, just trans this, trans that. But then they go out and they be like, trans is trans. Everything's like trans. I'm like, you just said you didn't want to be seen like that yet. You're like, they don't respect my transness. My tra-. I'm like, it's kind of addicting. You know, I get a lot of backlash from a lot of trans guys. They're like, are oh, you one of the most verbal, vocal guys in the community? You know, people look up to you and you never post anything trans related. You never post throwback pictures and stuff like that. My reasons, my stealthness is personal. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's for me, that works. You know what I'm saying? It makes sense. It's a level of comfortability for me. So it's not to hide from anybody else. You know, when the time arises and it's something that I need to, you know, say to somebody, especially like partners, friends, all that stuff. You know, I have friends, men, cis men, you know, lesbian women, gay men, you know, every, I have friends on every spectrum that you could possibly think of. You know what I'm saying? I have them that are just slowly, but surely finding out, you know, like somebody be like, what's this on the side of your chest? You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm. Shockingly, a lot of cisgender people have not processed what those scars actually mean. So then when I say top surgery, they're like, top surgery. So now that opens a window for that conversation to happen. But as far as just going out, rural, rah, rah, shouting, trans, trans, that from the mountaintops, that's not, that's not. You wouldn't see you, what, would you ever go like, are you the type <laughs> that you wouldn't participate in like a pride parade or nothing like that? I mean, I, not, not saying I wouldn't, but you know me too, like, it, it, look, if I'm drunk and turn, you know, turn the fuck up, like a lot of things might pop off. You know what I'm saying? Hey, shit bound to go any kind of way if I'm turned up. But at the same time, you know what I'm saying? Like I go to prize, you know what I'm saying? But I'm, I'm not one of them people like, uh, I don't, you know me. I'm the center of attention anyway. I'm big as fuck. <laughs> I'm big right. as hell. So it's kind of hard for me not to be the center, you know what I'm saying, like the center of attention, let alone, you know what I'm saying, like trying to just vocalize and be on the forefront and shit like that. Because, you know what I'm saying, you deal with people that be hating on you, like, oh, bro, you tall, like you this, blah, blah, blah. you passed this way, blah, 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 this and the third. I don't, I don't like getting off into this. So I, right. you know what I'm saying, big. I let everybody else have it, you know, do y'all thing by all means, you know what I'm saying, I'm rooting for you. Wherever I'm at, I'm rooting for you. Whether it's right next to you, behind you, down the street, you know, whatever. Just, I just, I stay out the way. Like, honestly, that's the whole stealth thing. It's just, I stay out the way. That's it. As far as your sexuality, mm-hmm. what is what would you consider your sexuality? Very fluid. Because, I mean, as you know, me and you've been friends for a long time. You've watched me date cis women, cis men. I was married to a cis woman. Uh, cis men, gay men. Um, trans women, trans men. I've literally worked my way around the entire spectrum of humans. I literally, I'm, I'm the type of person, man, it's a vibe for me. You know what I'm saying? Like the energy. Like if the energy there, I like you. Like I like you. Right. I like you a lot. Like, <laughs> depending on who you are, the energy right, yo. Right, we good. I don't discriminate. Trust me, I don't. I ain't, I'm not one of them. Like, oh yeah, I have a preference for this and that. No, with trans women, I have my preference. With cis men, I have my preference. With cis women, I have my preference. And every last one of them is very different. Right. So, as far as dating them, um, when do you usually disclose? Like, when do you um, mostly feel comfortable disclosing you trans? Well, for me, I'm I'm nasty. Like, sex happens very fast. <laughs> Oh, I know. <laughs> so this is like this look, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, that's one of those things, look, hey, if this ain't your forte, if this ain't your thing, you know what I'm saying? Look, 
exercise left. Cause I, I like you a little bit, you know what I'm saying? But this is bound to pop off and I hate to, you know, put my clothes off and this ain't what you used to. Cause especially like gay men, gay men have been like the biggest problem for me though, thus far. You know what I'm saying? I found myself attracted to, tra uh, you know, gay men and trans men here lately, but even trans men that come on to me, they assume that I'm a cis man. And people swear we would have the biggest issues with cis women. No, when in my no issues. No, I've had no issues. And then these are cis women that don't even identify as lesbian, bisexual, none of that stuff like that. And you know me, I'm cutting dry with the shit. Look, baby girl, when I pull these clothes off, it ain't going to be what you think of underneath these shorts. I work with what I got, and, and I'm, look, I aim to please, but I, it ain't going to be, like, I'm not pulling no pole up out these pants. I'm sorry, I'm not. So I just, I, I keep it straight. You know, I keep it straight for even gay men. Like, look, baby, we ain't about to sword fight. We ain't, look, it's... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, what the fuck do you want me to tell you? I don't know. Got you. So, Jasper, I was asking him what was his sexuality and how does he usually disclose that he's trans with people? And he just say, I just let him know what's in my pants. Because <laughs> so, that's the next question. Realistically, I've had people say that. You, you start the conversation, oh, I'm trans. That's so true. So, mm -hmm. so what you got between your legs? Baby, let me go you ahead. as well. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I need to start doing that. Just end it. I need yeah. to just start with that. Yeah. Because I, 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 I say at first I'm trans, but that's the next yeah. one. So Everybody right. processes transness different. You know what I'm saying? Like, But all exactly. of a sudden, I've had people, I can be making eye contact with you. If me, if me and Z trying to talk to each other or whatever like that, and he don't know T, I don't know his T. As soon as I say I'm trans, the first thing happens, just <laughs> like up and down, eye moving. What the fuck are you looking like? What are you looking for? Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so true. <laughs> I'm like, that's so at true. this point, look, let's get this out of the way. Look, do you yeah. like this kind of thing or not? <laughs> no. So how do you identify? What is, what is your sexuality? Um, I feel like I just say queer, just to make it easy. But I really. I only, I don't really date men, but I, I know I'm attracted to men, so I, I just say, oh, I'm queer, because it, it's just easier. Mm. Yeah, I'm the same way. I say, I will say that I'm bisexual, but I couldn't be in a relationship. I couldn't be, I don't feel like I could be, well, I've been in relationships with boys in middle school, but I don't know, like, I don't think I have the patience for men. To yeah, as a man, yeah, I couldn't. Yeah. Not nothing like that. Okay, that sound bad. Wait. Yeah, that's I'm like, <laughs> not like I'm that. Like, <laughs> not like that. I'm like, wait. Just for me personally, I feel like when before, because not like I've never dated or talked to a boy, but like now, is what I'm saying. Like I feel like it's just like you go with the flow, mesh in that way, and it's not even like oh because you're a boy, like oh like because oh. it's gay or something like that. It's just like. Oh. It's okay. not for me no more. I'm not gonna lie. I have some internalized homophobia that I've been working on for a minute because, like, y'all know I do porn on Twitter and OnlyFans and stuff, and that's my biggest fan base. And just the shit they say to me all the time, I think that plays a big part in why I wouldn't have the patience for men. Like, I think that plays the yeah. hugest part. And so far, gay men have been the most misogynistic, 
Um, yeah, it's a problem. Like, it's even terrible. with straight men, like, it would be so easy because, like, they'll be like, you know, it's not going to be nothing extra because most of the time they just, they are already on the download about it. Like, yeah. they already kind of, like, yeah. don't know what it means to have sex with somebody like me. But, mm -hmm. you know, I think that they see us as female, but it's just still easier. Like, with, as far as gay men, it's just a lot of them be hating, too. It'd be yeah. a lot of hating stuff. <laughs> It'd be, um, I don't know, and the culture's different. It's then, just then, the queens, then the queens will try to still treat you like a girl. That's the crazy yeah. part. And then the queens that try to treat you like a girl. I ran into this shit uh, with, you know, who I was just recently talking to. He yeah. gets online talk about, you know, Cardi B and the other uh, Megan Thee Stallion song just came out. He get on there talking about, well, my ex, it was the WAP for me. The wet ass pussy for me. Oh. So I'm like, mm -mm. wow. You're crying. You're crying. I stopped talking to you, but that's what it was for you, though. It was the wild. Yeah. Right. Like, that's a, make that's it make sense. sense for you, make but it also, sense. you're trying to be really messy. That's what I'm like, make it right. make sense. It don't make sense. So, yeah, like I said, for gay men, they say what the fuck they want to say. And they, like, literally, for me, I, 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 look, I, don't, I don't cancel a gender. Right based on the off the strength of like you know right. a couple of experiences but i told everybody right. that'll listen hey i think i'm done i'm done with the gay man because before you know i'm gonna bust one ass in their face <laughs> i can't do it i can't do it uh, i feel you though if nobody else see you i feel you even though i've never dated them be ro been romantic with them it's just a lot of uh, problematic stuff because I, and i think a lot of the reason is because they think that we're assimilating in their culture like they think when they a lot of them when they think trans men they think oh he likes dick or oh i can have a baby with him or oh this is really a girl so like if i was to get married with you i could bring you to my life right like it's usually like mm -hmm. that and I don't. I don't have the patience for that. So <laughs> as and far it as that, takes I feel you. I definitely patience. <laughs> but um, and I always remind myself at the end of the day, they're cis men. At the end of the day, um, they uphold each other. A lot of them uphold patriarchy, and it's acceptable yeah. for them to call um, to call women. A lot of people don't agree with, I have an issue, that's why I have an issue with the term fish, because I know where that comes from. Mm -hmm. But I know culture oh, yeah. evolved yeah. into something else, but I know that, that the root of that is a misogynistic term. And so like when I, when I, and like, and I've seen gay men literally say, like I've seen a trans man say, why do y'all um, call, cause you know, I was ignorant to the term too. He was like, why do y'all call women fish and one gay man literally said it's because we don't like pussy so we say fish like even though that was stupid like and that's not really what a lot of people mean when they say that but he was like oh no like he explained the root of it so and a lot of that is internalized so that's why i don't have the patience i and i know a lot of them are my biggest fan base but i still have a patience but i know culturally when they think of um, trans men, they think of that we're gay, you know what I'm saying? Because of the porn and because of most of the people mm -hmm. you see are visible in porn, 
it's often like with trans men, it's often gay sex and it's often yeah. white men. So I get that. And that's why I tried to, you know, I wanted to be the change I wanted to see. So that's kind of why I got into porn. I also want to pay for my surgery. So, so um, like it is. <laughs> moving on. Moving on, though. Um, I know shit. <laughs> so going back though, O'Shea, you said that you was um, a police officer, mm-hmm. and um, I remember you kind of telling a story about when um, you had to go to jail for a short, seg- a short period of time, mm-hmm. and this was after transition. No, so, I hadn't had surgery. I hadn't had surgery yet. You haven't had top surgery. No surgery. Yeah, no surgeries at all at that point. And you was on testosterone though, right? Yeah. But, okay. I had to, but I had, remember when I was a police, I couldn't have any facial hair. So I was completely oh. butterball naked with a fade and still had my chest. So yeah, it was oh. very prob- very problematic. Okay, so how was that engagement with the police at the time and like any inmates you had to come across? Well, it was, for me, as soon as they pulled up to my house to come get me because a warrant had been issued for my arrest. It was a domestic situation, whatever. Some bullshit went left. But as soon as they came and got me, that was my first thought because I I had literally just woke up. I still had on a muscle shirt with a binder and some Tommy Hilfiger pajama pants on. So when they came and got me, I didn't have a chance to put any clothes on or anything. I had on my muscle shirt and like that, that was that on there and my pajama pants. So when they went through the whole pat down routine, you could see the slowdown process here. And it was like, and then they went overly aggressive, you know, like when they're patting you down, they still have to go like up your legs and all that stuff like that. It was like, uh, you know, like a ramp. Like it was just, yeah, when they finally clocked this, it became like a real aggressive, like touchy feeling. And I'm like, I'm not, you know me, I'm not one to really get worked up about too much of nothing and cry or like you know be on no shit like that but like literally i felt like i had been fucking violated and that was just the start of it so from there being processed in it took hours to get processed or whatever from the time i walked in the jail because i was a police and because i was trans and i made this known when i was getting arrested they were supposed to by myself immediately that did not happen so when they got to make me strip search or whatever mind you you can't have a binder on in jail so they gave me a shirt to go over my muscles but the entire time I'm sitting there, you know, like this the whole time in jail, just hoping I don't have to move for anything. So when they finally did the research or whatever, they took me behind this wall. There was no bathroom, no nothing. Two male cops were in there. And I told them, if y'all want to keep y'all jobs, I already had told these people like, hey, I'm trans. You need to get a female cop right now. And this dude, he went, instead of him going to get a female cop, he walked out and went and got another male cop. And he came back in there and he was like, man, this, he said it just like this. This nigga said he trans. The dude that walked in there said, well, if that man said he trans, let me get the fuck about him. He was like, y'all need to go get a female cop like he asked. He already knew what the situation was. You know what I'm saying? You could They could have ended up losing a job, lawsuits, everything. So from there, I'm shaking like I can't do shit. I can't punch this nigga in his throat. You know what I'm saying? I can't act a fool like I want to right now. So I'm just crying and I'm shaking. They've already made me take off my shirt, everything. So he finally went and got a female cop. She came in and she saw me crying and saw me worked up. So she actually like put her hands on me, like grab me and hug me. And she was like, baby, she was like, this has to happen. She was like, but take the time you need. 
He just explained to me what happened. And if you need their badge numbers and their information, when this is all said and done, I'll gladly give that to you. They should not have done it to you. If you said you were trans, they were supposed to respect it. There's training for that. And I told her, I said, I know because I'm myself. She said, what? She said, you're trans and you're a cop. I said, yeah. She said, they were not even supposed to bring you over here. I was literally supposed to be by myself from the time I walked in the door. And none of that happened. So that whole situation, I literally, I said in jail, I was there for a whole day, but I was so blanked out and so fucked up over what had happened in that situation, I couldn't even process anything else. I, it may, didn't clock me as far as I knew, but other than that, like I literally just sat there like blanked out the whole time. I didn't talk to nobody. I didn't say shit. I didn't eat shit. Like I had, I had never experienced anything like that in my life. So like I said, from the time I started transitioning, I was very passable, very early. So I never had to deal with it. I'm a big dude. So my chest literally looked like big ass pets, you know what I'm saying? Until I had to take their binder off. So for me, I was humiliated. Like I was embarrassed. Like it was a lot of different emotions that I couldn't explain. Like I did, I was pissed off. I was mad. I, I think I experienced at one time every emotion that a human can possibly go through. And I did not know how to explain any of it. When I got out, I, I literally cried for two weeks. And that's mm-hmm. never happened to me before. So as far as the, the domestic situation, was that, I know we talked about it, but I'm yeah. asking for everybody else. Was that a situation where um, you were the victim? No, honestly, the situation was kind of crazy because it was with um, an ex-girlfriend. She was trans as well. So mm-hmm. when the police came, the, the situation was crazy as shit because we actually did, there was no fight, no altercation that took place, any of that. So she had time to go to the club that night, came back to, to my house. I wasn't even there. I went to my ex-wife's house. She came back to the house, had time to take off her makeups, switch her wig around, make it look crazy as shit, and call the police. She called the police off the strength of her friends and told the police that I had beat her up. She had a, a bone spur on the side of her eye that she's had forever. Told them that I punched her in the eye and everything. There was no fight, no nothing that took place. And they came and got me just off the strength of, at that point in time, Dallas Police Department had a big issue with male domestic violence issues with their partner. So they came and got me. And that, I mean, that was that on that. They didn't, they didn't hear me out on anything. I got arrested and didn't even know what the fuck I was being arrested for until I got down to the station. They wouldn't tell me. And they thought you were cis male at first, yeah. right? Yeah. My sergeant knew, which was kind of confusing to me because he didn't disclose to anybody. He came and got me himself. So all the other police that he was with that came and got me as well, he had not told them anything. And from a professional standpoint, he was he was my sergeant. I confided in him through my process, you know what I'm saying, to keep me safe while I was in the academy and stuff. So that that in itself to me didn't make Dallas Police Department seem like a safe place for trans people. So I, I never, like, I had trans guys reach out to me all the time. Oh, man, I want to become a cop. Like, I heard you used to be a cop. Like, what do you think about Dallas Police Department? I think they're shit. Uh, they don't respect boundaries. They don't, don't, they don't respect, you know, gender. Like, none of that shit. They're, they're absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, it was, uh, Jasper, have you ever been to jail or dealt with police violence? Uh, I've never been to jail. Um, not necessarily police violence, just like more so discrimination. Not to that extent, because like, um, like 
it wasn't like where I was getting searched. So it's not like they were like taking my body and, you know, like, you know, just making it theirs or nothing. But it was like basically an altercation that was because I was trans and we had gotten a fight and I called them or whatever. They came and um, like basically soon, actually real really soon as I called on the phone and told them I'm trans and this is why I'm trans, like it, it, they just started the like really giving me a hard time like oh okay we'll be there like asking like oh did this happen did that happen like just kind of really shrugging it off completely and so by the time they get there they're already giving me a hard time talking about how like you know they really want to like if i do want to press charges or if anything happens they're going to arrest me too because you know like well mm-hmm. california is just um if it's a fight and both of y'all put your hands on each other they just mm-hmm. off tops have to like if you if anybody wants to uh press charges they have to take both of you in so mm-hmm. Like, they were just doing it like that, and they were just like, like oh, like, kind of just asking me questions, and you're like, oh, like, they were asking me, like, stuff, like, do you really think it was because you're trans? Um, really, you're trans? Well, oh, well, and I'm just like, I'm just, like, standing there, and it's, like, five of them all around me, like, what really, you're trans? Do not just asking me. Exactly, and I'm just standing there. It just was interesting, but in general, like, I don't think that when I deal with police discrimination, anything is due to me ever really being trans. Realistically, I think it's because of me being a black man, because I know at the end of the day for me, like nobody assumes I'm trans. Like, you know, I can say like, oh, hey, I'm trans, blah, blah, but it's not like anybody's ever looking at me. I'm like, oh, that's a trans person ever. So unless they really know stuff about trans people, you know, or like they clogging me, stuff like that. But, you know, so. I think when it does come to like discrimination and violence, it's more so just because I'm black in the area I live in, you know, like usually in the areas that it's in is like, like mostly black parts of LA and stuff like Inglewood and stuff like that. So it's just a different type of vibe. So did you, um, did you get in a fight with a cis guy? Yeah. Really? How was that? How did that go? <laughs> that was interesting. <laughs> it was funny. It was just all over. It was over him choking, like basically domestic violence, him like choking out and just abusing this girl. And we were living oh. together. Like we were all, oh. and I'm like, this shit's crazy. I'm not just going to be like these other men here, the rest of these cis men just sitting here right. dealing with this girl's little, like smaller than me. You beating her up, and you're like six something. Like that's crazy to me. So, so that was actually gonna be one of my questions. Like, have y'all ever fought a cis guy before transition and after transition? Like, what has been the differences? I'm sure you got some stories, O'Shea, because you always fight. I've only fought um, (laughs) a cis guy um, before. Yeah, before transition. Like it was my sister, ex-husband. Uh, my parents, they joke all the time, like, that's when we realized you were really crazy. Wait, you was married to some- No, my sister's, my sister's oh. ex-husband. Yeah, my okay. sister's ex-husband. No, he, okay. we were in the car, I was in the back seat, and he was driving, and my sister said something, and he bucked at her like that, and I caught the reflex in the back seat, and almost pretty much killed us all, <laughs> almost. Mm. But I lost it, and he ended up getting the car stopped, and we ended up in the middle of the median on like the oh the, my busiest, God. the busiest how the busiest street in Tennessee, and we was just thumping, and I beat the shit out of him. And yeah, my parents are like, "You were crazy," and we matched up. <laughs> size wise, we matched up. 
No, no, no. But check this out, though. Like, I'm big now. Like, I've always been tall, you know, broad shoulders and shit like that. But evenly, as far as, like, a fight, I feel like we matched up. He was just a little bit shorter than me. But at that point, I was still kind of skinny. I was still kind of small, whatever like that. But I don't think it's a matter of male or female when it comes to a fight. If you trigger me the wrong way, <laughs> yeah. if you do something bad enough, I have this innate ability to black the fuck out. <laughs> And lose it. So I literally like that's that's just what happened. But fortunately for me, like I haven't had to fight a cisgender. There's a couple guys I would love to put my hands on. But like I said, now I'm getting a little bit too old for the fighting shit. So that's kind of where that is. Mm. Yeah. So like, have you been in multiple fights after transition with cis guys, or it's kind of just been chill? Like they don't fuck with you. Cause you present as a guy. No, they don't fuck with me. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't get fucked with no more. Not at all. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I always feel like people are always like cis men be challenging me, especially over women. They always challenging me, and it's been that way since before transition. They That's always felt some type of way when it came to women, um, whether they like something I had. Or, you know, now it's more so I feel like I always got to pay attention to stuff because, you know, I am in a relationship with a trans woman, so she be dealing with bullshit with cis men. So I always feel like I have to pay attention to that, like the smart shit they say. I've been called gay ass nigga before walking with her down the street. Um, what else? And then, you know, I'm 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 sure. I think I'm, and then, I'm, I'm super bright on top of that. So they like, oh, okay, like you honestly we, we, we you know, not on right. like I don't know sexist or misogynistic uh misogynistic type shit. But I think honestly I've I've come closer to having a multitude of fights with studs over men. I I literally I've literally been in situations oh, I've had, I've had a lot of encounters encounters <laughs> fighting studs contrary to having to fight men and that's been the craziest part for me so i'm like i'm like if men don't even want to mess with me as big as i am you know what i'm saying like i'm confused like i'm it just it throws me off every time but it's happened it's happened more times than i like to 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 talk about like how tall are you to clarify for people six feet six six feet six and a half feet six one inch they always think that we real small they swear all day day, like small you could clock us because we small right small so yeah I think okay. I think I'd be probably easier to clock. Shockingly, I don't get clocked, but you know me, I get I have real feminine mannerisms, and I don't give a fuck. Like I can have a girlfriend be more feminine than she is. You can switch in and out of it. Though. In and out, I'd be back and forth. When you drunk and you lose, you be serious. Period. <laughs> but when you chilling, that's cool though, because a lot of men don't even straight like straight men. I know gay men. Don't want to embrace their femininity sometimes. They put masculinity yeah, on Yeah, they be so harsh on that. I think that's why they like us so much sometimes because they be like, oh, y'all so real and y'all so mask and y'all performing so good, you know? Yeah. Like that's why I like That's what they see it as, though. They see it as a performance. A performance, they yeah. They like, yeah. The they like the image. But, um, 
it but it's interesting because it'd be a lot of trans men that police what yeah, other trans men in. do yeah in our yeah, masculinity right. in what we even mm-hmm. call our genitalia like it'd be weird shit yeah. like that <laughs> like me i'm comfortable yeah. stating Miss that me. i have a vagina because well, I, got that's a what... <laughs> <laughs> I got a gucci bag <laughs> Baby, I got a Birkin. I got a Birkin. <laughs> That's a new one. I, I never heard that. <laughs> but um, because I, I know when I'm going to go to the doctor, I have a vagina. Okay, so we need to figure this out. I'm not about to say I have a man pussy. They're going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, which is fine if you want to say that. Look at me in the back. <laughs> Everybody has their different levels of comfortability, and I respect that. If you don't want to call um, what you have a vagina, I'm gonna respect that, but I'm not about to police somebody else. Call it, not calling yeah, their clit a dick or calling their dick a clit. Like, I'm not doing that, but I've seen that very often too. Like, it's just like a lot of toxic masculinity that derives from stud culture that flows over into trans man culture mm-hmm. and just you know trying to be similar to cis men as much as possible or experiencing dysphoria on a large scale i've seen that often like so y'all both identified as studs before mm-hmm. no what no. about you? You never identified. So I used to. I never felt home in it, though. Like, it was for a short amount of time. But that's interesting. Because, like, um, people always, because I know Mia, she um, she never identified as a gay man. And people always be like, why are you lying? Blah, blah, blah. But that would be the same thing with um, trans men. Like, some of us just go, like, we, a lot of us be like, no labels. Yeah. I've seen that. They're like, no labels, or um, I'm a just an aggressive, or um, I'm just chilling, I'm just going with the flow. I like women. Like, I've seen a lot of trans men start off there and evolve into transition. But me specifically, that's the only yeah. thing I knew that's what we would be called. But that's crazy. Both of y'all, both of y'all never identify as a stud. So, like, y'all never, what'd you say? No, I'm saying, like, for me, it was a little bit different because, like, I think my parents were the first people to put a label on me. Like, when I finally, you know, like, I, I'm a very verbal person and very vocal about they feel because I feel like the more you suppress stuff, the more it eats you the fuck alive. So, like, for me, my coming out was, like, literally just blame my, telling my mom, I'm like, hey, like... Mm-hmm. I like bitches. <laughs> I like bitches. <laughs> like, it was just like that. And then, you know, I like, wrote my daddy. wrote my daddy a cute little letter. He got, oh, this is the crazy part, though. He gave it to me yesterday. Like you remember this? <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm listening to you when we. The shit was so funny, but he called me. He called me everything under the sun. He was like, "You a dyke? You a carpet muncher? Like you a lesbian? Uh. I went through faggot. Like I was everything under the fucking spectrum that didn't even fit. None that I know the terms and what they mean. None of it actually fit. So this whole like lesbian persona or like you know carpet munching or whatever the fuck they wanted to call it, like. I literally, I tried to at one point in time feel like I was walking in there. I never said it out of my own mouth, but people identified me as dead. So I was like, okay, cool. Let me hang with the lesbians. Let me hang with the studs and all that stuff like that. But the more I did, I was like, they don't like me. I don't like them. We don't fuck with each other. Like, we not the same thing. So clearly something's fucking wrong. So I just, I never like, as far as I have stud friends now, but 
Pre like previously, I was like, no, we we not the same thing. There's something that's completely different here. So yeah, I get that. Mm. I, I couldn't so, ever do it. I didn't do the whole stud thing, dom, aggressive, none of that. So like manhood wasn't uh, like really. Was it ever like a culture shock, like emotionally, socially? Like, was it something that was hard to assimilate for you? No, because my parents, the crazy part is like, as much as they had a problem with, you know, my gender and my sexuality crisis and stuff like that growing up, that's what we called it. We, after a certain point, my grandma kind of got on my parents' ass, like, stop doing it. You know, I'm like, they, all that name calling shit like that. We don't move like that. So, at, you know, at one point in time, they just kind of, it was something that we all knew, but we didn't talk about it. But they allowed me to play basketball with a shirt on. Like, I, I developed very late. So, I didn't menstruate until I was 18. You know what I'm saying? I didn't start developing a chest till 11th grade. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was always tall, big. By this point, I'm like, shit, if this shit ain't happened to me already, clearly, I knew what the fuck I was the whole time. Right. But right. when it finally happened, it was devastating. But, it, like, they let me do what I really wanted to do as far as, like, playing basketball with no shirt on, I swam with no shirt on, you know what I'm saying? I, I wasn't allowed to play with the girls when the girls came from down the street to play with my sisters on the trampoline and stuff. So it's like they let me walk in it. You know what I'm saying? They didn't want me younger doing girl shit. Yeah, when I was a kid, I was little. I got caught humping girls and all kind of crazy ass shit. Like I stayed Same in trouble. Thing, no. Same yeah, thing I stayed me. in trouble, and it's like eight, nine, like. Fucking pants hot as a motherfucker. <laughs> it was the same thing for me growing up, though. Like, it's that um, your parents allow you to be tom. Well, my parents allowed me to be tomboyish until it wasn't really cute no more, to where they kind of got uncomfortable with it. Mm -hmm. Like, they was like, okay, at what point, when is this going, you know, kind of pass up? My mom didn't have that behavior, but now it's to the point where my dad feel like it's his fault that I transitioned at all. Like, my femininity wasn't cultivated enough because they allowed me to be free in that way, that same way. And I developed kind of late as well, but not, I didn't start my cycle that late. I started my cycle maybe like 12, 13, like normal time. It wasn't early, but like I never had a big chest or anything like that. And I remember binding with tape um, in high school and, just all that type of stuff but i didn't really know what was going on like i didn't know what that meant and my parents just kind of went with the flow with it like it was just like oh, okay this, that's just what you want but when i decided to transition it was like this different attitude as far as my dad goes but you know uh i think that's where a lot of our, our privilege comes in being um assigned female at birth like it's okay it's, it's kind of acceptable to be a lesbian to, you know, to let, like, basically men, that's a fetish for men, so they get off on that, so it's okay. Like, or um, um, being a tomboy is not the same as being, like, a feminine gay boy. And so, or being a feminine boy in general, like, some, some fem feminine men may not identify as gay they might identify as bi or they might be straight or they might prefer women like i've seen that situation yeah. as well but um jess what have you ever um like was uh manhood a culture shock for you emotionally or socially like was it like damn is this is kind of difficult was there any situations where it was hard to adjust to Nah, i don't think so like I didn't grow up like y'all though, like where it was okay. 
Um, so I grew up really, really, really right? Yeah, yeah. My dad's Jamaican. He's a Rasta. So this mm. real not for me. But <laughs> my mom's side is American, but they're still super gendered and like Baptist Christian. So like I was mm. always like, nah, girls do this, girls do that. So I always was with the girls, but I was always doing like, I guess boyish stuff with the girls or like always like being a little boy like all of my all of my peers my cousins my friends would always kind of look at me like you're a boy so then when I did transition they were like this makes sense because it never made sense to them that I was walking around like in girls clothing or even getting lumped in with the girls because they were I guess kind of like not as confused as I was about it but pretty confused like they just didn't get why like I was even being lumped in with them like that. So it wasn't much of a shock. Yeah, no, wasn't, I don't think anything was really hard for me. I think the only thing that makes it hard maybe is like just the dysphoria sometimes of just being nervous about actually transitioning, like being a trans person and the hard parts about that. But I don't think like me, like I don't feel like I made a switch or anything. I just feel like I just kept doing everything I've been doing. So we know right now um, there's a culture shift as far as how we see masculinity and what healthy masculinity looks like and um, like dismantling patriarchy and um, misogyny so that uh, women could get equal rights so that, uh, um, you know, in this world of all this work that cis men need to do on themselves to help shift the culture. And I've seen some trans men say, you know, I don't like when people treat me um, any different than a cis man. And um, I would want to be treated just like that. Would y'all want to be treated just like a cis guy? Like, would you? Because there's a lot that cis men specifically need to be accountable for right now in the world in a lot of violence they perpetrate because I've dealt with violence from cis men for um for the most part throughout my life so um do you feel like you want to be treated like a cis man me personally <laughs> no I can't say that because like I said when you talk about masculinity and stuff like that I think the work I've done on myself as far as like figuring out who I am, you know, like early transition, of course, you want, you know, walk a certain way, talk a certain way, do certain things, not make sure you don't do this, you know, have this mannerism around certain people. This isn't a third, but the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know, I've, I've always been this person, you know what I'm saying? I've been feminine one day, you know, have these feminine mannerisms, you know, masculine all the time, you know, like I've always been this person. So just because I transitioned, I don't feel like they were supposed to make a difference. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, I was terrified of being my entire life. So for me to walk in that manhood, it's like, damn, like how much sense does this really make? You know what I'm saying? Like you've been terrified of men for a multitude of reasons, you know what I'm saying? But I knew I gravitated more so as far as like creating my own manhood based on the things that I saw in a man that I did not want to be or things that I didn't want to do, things that my dad did or things that my, you know, my cousins and uncles and watching them do certain shit and how they handle things when they were drunk and how they, you know what I'm saying? Cause you know me, I, I'm a, I drink 
all the time. But I didn't want to be that person. Oh, I go punch my girlfriend in the face while I'm drunk. You know what I'm saying? Just because I'm mad. You know what I'm saying? Because I got small dick energy. Like I don't. I didn't want to be that, that person. So I just kind of like I mapped out my manhood and my masculinity based on how I felt. You know what I'm saying? People all the time they like, oh, they gonna think you gay. They're going to think I'm gay. I don't get paid enough to give a fuck what anybody thinks. I don't. It ain't paying my bills for you to think I'm gay. Like for real, it ain't. It, it ain't getting my. It ain't getting my rocks off for you to think I'm gay. For you to think any kind of way about me, the shit ain't doing shit for me. So I'm not responsible for how you feel about me. I'm responsible for how I reacted it. So I, at this point, like I said, masculinity to me, it's a spectrum. We we going from generations back on some shit socialized. You know what I'm saying? Social norms. We're nothing about society now is norm. Nothing is norm. Right. Nothing. So it's like, you know, I've had a girlfriend, you know what I'm saying? I've had a girlfriend like her grandmother seeing me wash dishes. She was like, go in there and wash dishes, go make their boy plate, do that. I'm like, no. Like, so like to me, I don't get off into, you know what I'm saying, that masculinity, femininity, that, you know, traditional norms, mm-hmm. all bullshit like that. No, if I want to walk about this with a skirt on and a tutu tomorrow, I'm gonna do so. Jasper, would you ever? Are you one of those? I don't think you one of those binary because we talked about it. You're not one of those binary transmit. You may present binary to me, but I don't know outside of what you present. Like as far as your thoughts on wanting to be like a cis man, like yeah, no. Oh my bad, go ahead. No, go ahead. Like, would you ever wanna like be treated like one? Like a cis guy? Uh, like, I feel like honestly, I, I don't have um, a choice. So I just deal with it. Like, but when I can say, hey, I'm trans and I guess that alters it, yeah. But I don't necessarily mm. want to say yeah because depending on people's uh, version of like, what they think trans is that might really start making them treat you crazy and i mean that's good because you you know what their views are but then it's like okay it's at the expense of you in a way that you don't want but um i do like the differences because i know like what o'shea saying is like i know that for a long time i was in another box that made me even afraid of men for all my different reasons it made me feel so different from men had me learning different things you feel me so I know that I'm not not just like a cis man in regards to my experience. But I think when it comes to like the accountability, like I think we should be separate to an extent, but I know like for me specifically, I know like I have like responsibilities for me as a man. Like when I see myself as a man, I know certain things that I want to do, like and certain things I should uphold when it comes to like respecting women and respecting like children, just certain things. and what I should stand up for. So when I do hear, like, even to talk about men, whether it's about cis men or not, I do try to listen so that I can still just be a better man, I guess you could say, you know, and mm. not mess up. I know that at one point, because I was living stealth for, like, a year or so into my transition, and there was a point where I would literally drive myself crazy trying to see cis men as the uh like the blueprint of what manhood was and just trying to follow that when my very anatomy wasn't following that because at the same time i was on the dl fucking niggas and shit on the DL, <laughs> experimenting 
And I'm like, bro, you upholding this stuff, driving yourself crazy, but you're like doing all this queer shit all the time. Like you're queer. Like you can't change yeah. the fact that you were born trans or what your body can do. Because we always get comments like, what's the point of doing all this extra shit, getting surgeries and getting hormones if you still don't want to have kids or if you still don't want to um, use that part down there, if you still going to want to dig. But I've never experienced sex with men until after transition. So I didn't do anything to do anything. Like I didn't transition to still do anything because I never did it in the first place. Like it took yeah. me, and like at that point, I wouldn't even, I'm not gonna say it took me to be comfortable with myself, but a certain extent it did. Like I, I wasn't even comfortable with myself at the time when I was experimenting with men, but I knew that um, there was a level of comfortability that I was developing. But the only thing that was harming me ultimately was trying to assimilate being like them. Like at the end of the day, that's what was harming me the most. But once I embraced being trans, that's when I got more comfortable with um, the, the femininity in myself or the... Um, you know, both energies or having sex how I want to have sex or uh, the thought of dating other men and just stuff like that. And um, coming out of the lesbian community, um, a lot of them feel like we abandon our femininity or just not even just a lesbian um, community. A lot of trans men feel like we should abandon our femininity or anything that, you know, just in the name of respecting your manhood, like, abandoning um, anything feminine and trying to be quote unquote as real as possible. So um, yeah, so basically how I feel about that, the question was a lot of lesbians feel like we abandon our feminism or femininity or it shouldn't be in their spaces. How do you feel about that? I wasn't really in their spaces to begin with, but I don't feel like I have to live my life for anybody else. Like I don't feel like um, I'm abandoning any of my feminism or femininity and I shouldn't have to, to in the name of being real trans, like being a real trans person. Like, how do y'all feel about that? Was y'all ever in lesbian spaces like a lot? You know, I live in Dallas, so, uh, you know, we got certain bars that are predominantly lesbian, like Sue Ellen's is a lesbian club. And when I said that I've come in more contact with almost having to fight studs, it's been in those places like that. Because Sue Ellen's mm -hmm. for me, it I had our, I had been transitioning at this point. I just moved to Dallas, so my transition mm -hmm. had been going on for a long time. But you know, I made friends with bartenders there. You know, people that served there, like all that stuff like that. So for me, that was a comfortable space. But me being the size guy I am and what I look like, didn't see it as an issue. But lesbian women looked at me like I was a pervert. Like, why this grown-ass man here? And I would go by myself sometimes, you know what I'm saying? I would go with other men. So I, I didn't process that or fathom that I looked like a perv being in a lesbian club. But that's how it was coming off. I held the door one day for a stud and, like, literally revved up on me. Like, nigga, don't, don't hold no fucking door for me. What the fuck you think I am, a bitch? Like, going off. And I'm like, like whoa. Like, I quickly hit one of these, like, girl, it ain't even that kind of party. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to double her ass like, girl, it ain't, look, it ain't, look, you barking up the wrong tree, baby. Like, at this point, look, I had to, because I, I almost, look, I almost caught one. I'm like, 
know, just to kind of shift the mood or the energy. I'm saying like, I've never had to do that. So that's when I kind of slowly started like, okay, maybe I shouldn't, you know, shouldn't keep coming here, you know, all this stuff like that. But it kept happening more and more and more. And then I found it's coming on to me or whatever like that. But they were still looking at me as a trans man, like they were messing with a female. Like this whole best of both worlds thing. Like, and I hate that. So I just cut all that to the side, you know, as a whole. Like when it comes it came to the lesbian community, I was like, okay, I never really fit in any way. You know, I'm comfortable with me now. So I was comfortable going to like, you know, lesbian bars, gay bars, sex clubs. You know what I'm saying? I just kind of was like, you know, let me explore. Let me figure some things out. You know what I'm saying? Things that I wasn't really comfortable in. But it, it didn't take long for me to, okay, they don't fucking want you here. Like they really don't want you here. So that whole like getting rid of my femininity, I have stud friends that tell me, me all the time, bro. Trust me, it's not you. They deal with other studs on a day to day basis. It's there's a fear, not necessarily a fear, but I have a lot of stud friends who have always wanted to transition, but for whatever the reason is, they have not made this step. Whether it's family, religion, just fear of the process or whatever, like this. So they're like, don't feel attacked when they do this to you. It's not that they hate you and hate that you let go of your femininity in some kind of way. They desire to do the same thing you did. They just haven't made this step yet. So instead of them sitting down talking to you about it, asking the questions that, you know what I'm saying, that you would answer for them, they, they treat you like, you know what I'm saying, like you done did something wrong to the community. So that's kind of like that's how that situation has been to me as far as like studs and like lesbians feeling like I let go of my, you know, my femininity and stuff. But I'm still a highly feminine man, so. It's interesting you say that, though, because it do be – uh, studs that ask me stuff about um, testosterone, they'll be like, oh, no, I just want to take it for a little bit or I'm not trying to go all the way. Or I just want to be here. Um, yeah, or they'll... I ain't never heard that one. I've but, heard that one a multitude um, of times. It's one stud that asks me, you know, where you get your top surgery at? I want to get mine. And I was like, oh, you thinking about transition? She was like, no, nah, I just want top surgery. Like, it's crazy how... Yeah. Now I see more studs asking me questions and um, straddling those lines. Gay men do the same thing, though. They Some of them take hormones or you got like um, Saucy Santana, yeah, they'll sure. get like a BBL or, um, you know, stuff like that. And it's interesting seeing them straddle that line, but at the same time won't accept us and say they don't want us in their spaces or be tripping. Or be or or be misgendering us or going hard about it or not wanting to be in community was just shutting all types of all types of anything other than that because it seemed like lesbians be in their own little world like <laughs> the LGBT community yeah. it's like lesbians everybody else <laughs> like yeah yeah so weird exactly. and they be asking us for advice so like Jasper like how do you feel like. How do you feel about that thought of you're, you're abandoning your femininity or anything like that? I remember on the L world, on the L word, um, one of the ladies was like, you gave up being a woman, one of the most precious things in the world. Like, do you feel like you gave yes. up any type of femininity or feminism or any say when it comes to um, being, like, have been experiencing life as a girl or as a woman or do you even feel that way i don't know i feel like because i act so much the same like when i feel like when it comes to my mannerisms or what i do I honestly don't feel like 
I do anything more than the other. I just do me, like whatever that is and however people perceive that because mm-hmm. it's always going to be the same thing. But I would say like I, when I was younger, I definitely, I feel like battle with that. Like, oh, I'm giving away my femininity, uh, most precious things, woman, blah, blah, blah. But I don't even think it's within the lesbian community because at least out here, I do see men, like, you know, a good amount of men at the lesbian, like, spaces and bars and stuff. But that's because it'll more so just be, like, LGBTQ in general. Even the all-lesbian parties will still be LGBTQ because it's not, like, even though there's a lot of queer people out here, it's not, a, like, a one little set community. Even, like, well, not for black people, not for white people, not for anybody, really. It's just not a big, big set community. So you just see everybody everywhere. So they're not too standoffish but i know like you know i go with my like lesbian friends now because i definitely have more like stud lesbian friends now we'll go have fun everybody yeah and everybody's just like looking at me like what are, what are you doing here like kind of got a little attitude don't say nothing but just have an attitude like you're taking up space when i'm just sitting here you know dancing chilling like like i said you know a gay boy right over there you're not giving him this crazy look like why but i think it's just dependent too on how if they see you more as a feminine person or as a masculine person really too in yeah. the, like in the living yeah. space you know gotcha so is it safe to say trans men culture which is fairly new it seems like it seems like it's developing and it seems like um there's a new fabric being cre- fabric being created um do you so it's safe to say trans man culture has been more accepting of you than lesbian culture, like stud culture? Would y'all say that, or has it been problematic with trans men? I've had it on both. Yeah, I've had it on. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you I don't think. Yeah, uh, I don't think there's a difference. I, I mean. It just depends on the person because like I said, by trans men, I get attacked all the time for not being for like, you know, my openness. I don't give a shit. You can see, you'll see a guy on my Instagram one day, mm-hmm. people not bold enough to ask me questions because they know the response I'm going to get, they probably not going to be ready for. You'll see a girl on my shit the next day. You'll see me post some shit that's gay as hell one day. Then you'll see me post some straight shit. Please don't question me about my stuff. Like, but trans men will literally, there are some that are bold. And they will say the shit, you know, say like off the wall that shit like that. But these are the same trans men that will hit me up in my inbox and like, when did you realize you like me? That kind of stuff. So it's like, exactly. it's kind exactly. of tricky because like I have, I cannot count on hand how many trans men have hit me up. Like, how did you become so comfortable with your sexuality and the mannerisms and the stuff that you do and the stuff that you post and this and the third? But they're the same ones that'll bash me to one of my friends. You know what I'm saying? You know my circle small. It's me, you, Teddy, but you know what I'm saying? I hang with nothing but trans men that are comfortable in their fucking skin. And, and it's a select group of us. All of them like to say they're comfortable in their skin. That's not the fucking truth. Not at all. Because like I said, my inbox is flooded and they'll be the ones that are asking me these questions. We'll have this whole dialogue and then they'll go back. This, lo- this message is no longer available because the person has deleted it. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That's not my place, baby. When you comfortable with yourself, you don't have to do shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You ain't got no worries. 
you ain't got no words. Like, so it seems like trans men mostly be giving you backlash for like sexuality reasons. Yeah. And so, I mean, some of the same ones, you know what I'm saying? Like I've messed around with that act as if they have a problem when it comes to everybody else. Mm. So, like I said, not to step on no, I'm not stepping on no toes or nothing, but at the same time, you know what I'm saying? If you're going to be about that life, be about that life. You know what I'm saying? I'm all for you. If you're going to be DL, just don't don't go in another space and discuss me, you know what I'm saying, where somebody going to possibly, you know, like bring that shit back if we messed around. Like, if you ain't comfortable, by all means, that's what I said. So from a lesbian perspective and trans man, I feel like it's, it's kind of equal depending on what the situation is. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what it is, though. It's just DL. Then with trans people, there's another. Yeah. So it's, to right. me, it's equal. It's equal with my situation. Yeah. And it'd be interesting because some trans men, I remember making a video on uh, penetration and how experiencing penetration, or our anatomy is set up, how our anatomy is set up, you can still like penetration and be straight. Like mm-hmm. I be, ha- I had to tell some trans men that, and like they'll still feel uncomfortable with me even talking about that because it's like, man, see this shit. Like everybody think that trans men like dick, and we like men, and blah blah. blah. I ain't never been penetrated before in my life, and it's like, okay, cool, living your truth and be visible about that. But these guys that right. are comfortable with talking about them like in penetration, they go, they have the right to be visible. If they like men, they have the right to be visible as well. So, um, as far as I don't know if y'all heard about the Sir Knight situation. Do y'all know who Sir Knight is? You know, yeah, Sir I, met Knight him, I met him once. Yeah, I met him once yeah. at, at the Philly Trans Conference. I think maybe like 2016, 17, something like that. Okay, so he had a situation where he was dating a, um, I think this was a non binary person, but. I'm not sure. Their name is B Hawk, and they were assigned male at birth. So, um, not, not, um, I don't I think, think not. They, 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 them. Yeah. They, them. Yeah. I don't think they transitioned or nothing, but it was interesting seeing how, um, Sir Knight was on the DL and was like trying to present this whole teppy type of way. Like, um, meanwhile, they had a video together and you could see Beehawk, like on YouTube that you could look up. I forgot what it's called. But um, they got a video together and you could see Beehawk, you know, having more, like you could see it, you could feel it, like having more, a little more care. Like, not, I won't say a little more care, but it was, you could tell that Beehawk was willing to talk about intimacy if Sir Knight was wanting to go there. But uh, B-Hawk was following Sir Knight's lead in a way because I'm pretty sure Sir Knight was like, nah, don't talk about this. Which actually happened. B-Hawk was saying that... You talking about the one where they were sitting in front of each other answering the questions? Right. B-Hawk was saying that Sir Knight was hitting up the producers and was like, take this out, take this out, take this out, take this out. In the name of pretty much protecting that DLness. And it's like, how are you supposed to be this figure in the community, like this positive figure? Like, I'm all for queer people, and you know, I'm so inclusive and I love everybody. Peace to all. But on um, in the other side, you're harming this person, leading them on 
thinking and they thinking that you like them more than you do, which you actually probably do, but scared to express it. Mm. And it's crazy because I was like, see, like all the all of all of the examples of how toxic masculinity could show up in trans men and is not erased from us completely just because we're our trans showed up in him. Like he turned out to be a rapist. He turned out to be DL. Like meanwhile, making money off the trans activist community. Like I was like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I didn't I didn't personally know him. Like I said, Bihar, I've been following them for a long time. You know what I'm saying? We don't personally know each other or anything like that. But has always pretty much proven to be a really, really dope individual and you know, no shame anything about their life. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Very visible, very, you know, upfront, straightforward. So that's when I heard about the situation, it didn't take a second for me to be like, this didn't happen. You know what I'm saying? Because B Hawk's never proven to be the person that's gonna be out here just saying anything for clout. You know what I'm saying? They already got that. You know what I'm saying? Like it ain't it ain't a situation where they would have had to be extra unnecessary, especially with certain night. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're gonna say somebody raped you, you know what I'm saying? She could have said anybody. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it, the only reason everybody Everybody knew who Sir Knight was was because of the Black Trans TV thing, you know what I'm saying? And the fact that he was friends with a couple people that, you know, were talk about, you know, talked about names. But other than that, I, I not for a second, and I was like, mm, 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 a goddamn shame. Because I just remember, like, how uncomfortable I was in that group of trans men at the trans conference that year, you know what I'm saying? Because it was like, it was early in my transition, I was new to it, you know, as passable as I was, I've never felt the way I felt with a group of trans men, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like devaluing me. Like I didn't have any, you know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't known, you know what I'm saying? I was new to the whole life, you know what I'm saying? But they kind of mm. like shut me out and kind of shun me based on like, their advocacy and like everything that they're doing and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, this is what kind of set the standard for me. Like, I was like, okay, well, I know what I don't want my transition to be like. And if I come across a group of young guys that want to hang out with me, you know what I'm saying, that's doing transition and stuff like that, and got hella respect for me and stuff like that, I know I'm not going to do them like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know I'm not going to make them feel like this. It was like, like I said, it was a weird situation. It was very, very, very toxic for me. Not Love More. It was not Love More. It was not a couple of the other guys that was with the group. Mainly Sir Knight. He made me very, very, very uncomfortable. And it was like, it was a strong uncomfortable. And you know it takes a lot to make me uncomfortable. <laughs> so for me to be like, you know what? I don't even want to kick it with y'all on that level. I think I left Philly early because that's how much I just didn't give a fuck about that experience. Uh, I, I, did that make you not really want to go? I left Philly. Me and my girlfriend got in the car and drove back to DC that same day. He tried to. He was trying to tell me how to navigate relationship and what I need to do to um like loving women and how I need to do X Y and Z and the lovable woman. There's like all kind of like all some fuck, a rack of bullshit if you ask me. Like now that I know this bullshit. And I'm like, I, I stopped following him a long time ago. It was nothing that I even That's wanted to remotely see him do. He, he could be on there doing a Dougie, and I wouldn't even want to see that shit. Like, I'm sorry, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Wow. <laughs> Bro. I didn't, it didn't take me a second to think that he didn't do that. I feel, and I feel, like bad. I feel bad for Lovemore because, like I said, Lovemore is a great guy. I did mm -hmm. not get that vibe from him. And it's unfortunate, right. you know what I'm saying? That's like you. See, you my best friend. If you ever did something like that, for one, I'm going to beat your ass. 
And two, we will not be friends. And I wouldn't have a problem. <laughs> I wouldn't have a problem letting the whole fucking world know. Right. In the same way, I would expect you to. The same way I would expect you to hold me accountable. You feel what I'm saying? I when yeah. I go through shit with my relationships, if I'm wrong, yeah. if I'm wrong, you calling bullshit. And I'm not a man if I can't right. take that. I'm like, man, shut the fuck up. Don't talk to me. You know what I'm saying? Like all that stuff. That's that's toxic masculinity. All the way. I around. would need my ass whooped if I did some shit like yeah. that. Okay. So I ain't even mad at you. But yeah. he was trying to establish this hierarchy though. And it was like a weird feel. Like it was a you can tell this person needs some help. Like that's the vibe I felt through social media and what other people was telling me. I was like, I don't know. Like this person seems very insecure. Something's bothering them. I don't know what's going on, but that'd be the reality of the situation. A lot of these traumatized people would be going hard, you know, trying to establish this hierarchy when really you could see at the end of the day, they um depressed and just over it and just suicidal, just dealing with a lot and harming folks. And, you know, it's something um, I feel like they deal with a lot in the ballroom uh, community too. That's kind of why I've been like really hesitant. Like it's been so many people that's like, you want to, you want to get in, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, I've seen like the toxic shit that's, that's coming out of it. Not just positive. Really. I don't, see anything positive besides visibility that comes out of it that's just my opinion on it it's like this hierarchy that's trying to be established so like do have y'all ever been involved in ballroom like would you get into it i've had maybe two or three people uh what's his name marquis Wilson and cc uh pretty known guy um the one that was gonna do the video with us the first time z Right. Yeah, he's, um, you know, approached me about ballroom or whatever like that. But for me, like I said, that's never been a part of my life, anything I even know, remotely know about. The first time I ever even saw a ballroom was like when I lived in D.C. You know, it was a new feel. It was a new vibe. You know, it was cool as hell to watch. But as far as like me doing it, I was just like, mm, I don't think that's for me. And them establishing like houses and stuff. And then I would have friends that were in these houses and the stuff that they talked about was going on. And I was like. I don't move like that. I'm like, as much shit as I get into, that just still ain't my thing. Like, I can't, you know what I'm saying? Like, when you have friends that that's in that life, you know what I'm saying? They'll, they tell you a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? So they kind of gave me like a pre-judgy situation. You know what I'm saying? I don't chalk the whole ballroom scene up to a couple of the stories that I've heard. But right. the same for me, okay, that's not something I'm going to go out of my way. Take flights, go do this, do X, Y, Z. Just to, yeah, just to do, you know, it seems fun or whatever. If I wanted to do that, I can go do a show or like, you know what I'm saying? Whatever, you know, like go go do a show at a club or something like that if I wanted to do it. I just, I didn't see no, I didn't see a reason behind it. I just okay, what about you, Jasper? Yeah, I'm not in a ball, like, I mean, in a house or whatever. I'm familiar with it, though, because, um, like, my cousin, she's been in ballroom, like, my whole life. Because, I, I mean, I have an older cousin that's trans, so. Just seeing her through it all throughout life. And then recently, like, uh, the house she just switched to, like, tried to get me in it. But it was just off tops, just such an interesting experience. I was like, this is not for me. I told him, like, I texted the house father, like, you know, I thank you for the T-shirt because they made me a shirt. And I was like, but this just really isn't my style. I don't want to do this. Because they just, like, it's too focused on realness. Like, oh, my God, like. 
Yeah, it's, it's a lot of problematic. Even though you know you may do well in it, because I participated in one, but it was friendly. It was at uh, a conference. Yeah. Um, I participated in one with Mia, and we both won it and got money. But at the end of the day, it was like, hmm. This is, I know this is transphobic. Like, because, right. because exactly. they just pick you apart. Yeah, because they, they basically like, oh, let's see how much of you look like a cis man. Like, it's just, uh, and then just like the hierarchies that's established, the, the, um, the attitudes you have to develop, like the, um, yeah. Like the attitude you have to develop as to where I feel like a lot of gatekeepy attitude comes out of it. Like um, when we think about the older trans women, I know um, Diamond and Mia have had conversations where it was hard for them to get trans women to um, tell them where they got certain surgeries or tell them where they got uh, work done and stuff like that. And I, when I look at ballroom, it's that same type of feel to where it seems like it gets gatekeepy and it gets um, transphobic as far as, um, you know, how much can you fit into cis heteronormativity when really at the end of the day, cis heteronormativity doesn't benefit anybody in that space. Like when you think about it, like y'all all are queer and you're policing each other on how much y'all can assimilate into cis heteronormativity. Like how will right. you perform that? And really and like you can harm other people's um um mental health. It may make you develop thick skin, but a lot of people are heavy into drugs and I'm sure there's some positive stuff that has come out of it. I haven't actually been to a big ball. Like I'm pretty sure there's some positive things like you could find family that, um, you know, when your biological family may kick you out, your actual family will kick you out and, you know, um, you could develop, you know, and you can, you might see it as a sport because that's basically how Mia see it. But something turns, because I'm so radical in how I feel about trans lives, because I love trans lives that much to where I'm not willing to police how they look. Yeah. And like how much they could look like their value is based off of how much they could look like a cis person. It's strange to me. Like I can't be, I don't feel like I could be for all trans lives and um, put that on a pedestal. But I'm, I'm down for people that want to participate. Hey, you want to participate, participate in and get your money? Hey, cool. You know, but we still ain't even... Gay men still have an issue with gendering us correctly. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> we like, and that is that culture is upholding that type of behavior to me. Like it's okay for you to misgender a trans woman if she's not real enough. Like that mm-hmm. culture overflows into the real world, unfortunately, because our community is so small, mm-hmm. and that's really how people learn about trans people is through. Um, through ballrooms, because that's how I mostly learned about it. I, I know that's um, when I would look up trans men, black trans men, I, the first things that would pop up is them participating in balls. Like, that's literally the, the most visibility we have online. And I think that's an issue. And I think that's the unique 
difference as far as like white transness because when i go on there they educating about stuff they be invisible how they like sex what they do they they seem more freer and when you think about it cishet white men are more freer navigating those conversations and navigating sexuality and um they be real soft and comfortable with that meanwhile black men have a hard time dealing with their sexuality and even admitting what they like in bed like just stuff like that and it's that's why i think that makes you unique and i just want to know what y'all think what makes uh what do y'all think makes black transness unique to white transness i think it stems from like a multitude of things because like what i've actually noticed in the white trans community and like i said i have white uh trans guys that i wouldn't necessarily call friends i don't have any that i'm just friends with maybe one mm -hmm. or two that i call it like close acquaintances but the difference between them and my situation their parents have always been their family is amazingly supportive like you know what i'm saying like it starts from there the comfortability they've embraced themselves for a long period of time you know what i'm saying it's a like black trans man a while to get to their point because they don't have anybody really most of the time that's like hey this is okay you're fine nothing's wrong with you you know what i'm saying so it takes us a long time to even figure out how to navigate in this space let alone be free enough to get out here on the media and stuff like that and talk and educate people you just now educating your fucking self so you know what i'm saying where they've kind of started this shit a long time ago and their mom is getting books and shit like that on like trans living and you know like the origins of transsexualism and teaching them this shit you know what i'm saying like that's that for the black trans man i got a white mama and this in my case because she got a black husband. My daddy set the standard for what was, you know, what was acceptable in our household, which is the thing in most black households. It's not a thing. That trans, that's not a thing. That is not a fucking thing. You're sick. Something is wrong with you. That's kind of how it was brought to my attention. But my white trans friends, oh yeah, my mom's super supportive. Yeah, she's met every last one of my girlfriends and my boyfriend. <laughs> All this shit like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, you go eat at their house and shit like that. I'm like, oh my God, so you're trans. That's so fucking cute. Like, Oh, so like it's just so free, you know what I'm saying? Like, but that's the culture difference. You feel what I'm saying? Z, I'm telling you, you come to my house and eat dinner with us. My daddy gonna be sitting there like this, like. <laughs> so which Bible scripture do I fucking start with? Like my daddy. Oh God, like that's gonna be the conversation. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I, to me, that's I think that may have been the thing: the comfortability, the accessibility that they have to certain things. Their parents were right. starting to early. They want to see their kids happy. They want to see their kids prosperous, living in their fucking privilege. You know what I'm saying? That makes you look like a bad white parent if you ain't supportive of your child. Black parents, I wish you would tell me how to raise my goddamn kids. And that's, to me, like, that's been the the going difference. Because everybody's like, you got a white mama, you think she'd be a little bit more supportive. No. Big Connie ain't playing that shit. Mm. And <laughs> what definitely makes the, the biggest difference is access. Like... A lot of the times I'll see a lot of these trans people, they parents is helping them pay for it. They own their parents insurance, like mm -hmm. stuff like that. And, you know, our, in the black family, they may be supportive because there are some supportive families. They may be supportive, but they still going to be like, mm, I don't know mm -hmm. how I feel about hormones or, um, you know, or they'll make you pay for your own surgeries. Like they'd be like, I support you. You gotta pay for it yourself. Like, or give it time. Exactly. Give it time. How you know this is what you're gonna be wanting to do <laughs> right. in five years? You know exactly. what I'm saying? Yeah. And, but so, you know, 
when we think about it, a lot of black folks really ain't got money like that and really got access to help us if they already see it as like cosmetic or yeah. a self-will issue. It's like, it's on you. But some of the white parents, they like, oh, we already got the money and, you know, you my kid, maybe I'll just pay for it. Here a few stacks. Like, here's 20 yeah, stacks for you. You know, it might be a lot. A lot of it, I think, has to do with access and then culture intertwines into that and then voila like we got many different unique issues so how you feel about it jasper like what do you think is the uniqueness of black transness to white transness i think that it's mostly just yeah like the family upbringing the access i think also not with the access though too it's just like just willingness like how shay's saying like black parents really will be like you're not gonna tell me how to raise my child so even Sometimes you could come to them with that information straight up and they're still going to be like, I don't need to hear this. I already know how to deal with you. Like, you my kid, you know? So, and it's just on a much larger scale of like, kind of just, I guess, that comfortability that Black people have amongst each other and we already don't really mess with the LGBT community. So then you tell them that you're this, you're that, and they're like, no, you you (laughs) can't be that. And I'm going to tell you what you are because... That's it. That's it. Because it, yeah. that just doesn't exist in black world, you know. Like we can't be black trans a lot of times. We're black and queer. It's just like black. It's crazy because when I knew our culture is mostly about respectability and being that respectable person, like is when I remember having a conversation with my daddy. And I was like, okay, because his comfortability with me dating Mia, which is a trans woman, his comfortability is really mostly around her being a map, like her being assigned male at birth, is mostly around that. But I went on and I, and I knew that, and I, I asked him, I was like, okay, so how would you feel about me dating a man? He was like, mm, I don't know how I feel about the visual of that. <laughs> I was like, so you wouldn't be cool with it? He was like, no. It was like... That's <laughs> my parents so accept me to Really, it's not about you. Mm-hmm. It's, well, yes, you being homophobic, but it's also about me presenting respectable, even like, yeah. you're going to do this. You need to be respectable, too. Like, right. I need you to look like this cishet wow. couple if you're going to do this. And, like, he's not cool with me dating cis women, but at the end of the day, he'll get used to it because that's already what they expect of trans men. And then on top of the the visual. So it's like, so, like, I think that's a a big problem as far as, like, those respectability politics and all that. Like, I know, Shay, you dated um, a trans woman. There's only been one trans woman, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, Jasper, have you dated any trans women before? Yeah, I've dated two. Okay, so yeah. how was that experience for you? How was that different than dating cis women or uh, any other um, uh, demographic for you? I had to to grow a thicker skin dealing with a trans woman, especially dealing with a trans woman that was in sex work. 
because that was very new to me. That was, mm -hmm. I mean, you hear, like I had trans friends, trans, trans friends that would talk to me, you know, about sex work and stuff like that, but I wasn't intimate with them and I wasn't dating them. So that really didn't phase me one way or another. But for me to actually be in a position where I feel for somebody, you know what I'm saying, like really, really hard, you know, for one, they lied to me about it to begin with. And I've, I think I proved myself a long time ago to be a very open person to a lot of things. But for them to feel like they even had to lie to me about it going into this or I would stop talking to them was kind of like, uh, let me look in the mirror thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, am I really as accepting as I come out? You know what I'm saying? As I portray mm -hmm. the Because if I was, you know what I'm saying? She would have never had a problem telling me this. But at the same time, because of the lifestyle that she had growing up and coming into her transition and the things that she felt, you know, concerning the community and the acceptance and stuff like that, like I said, I had to grow a thicker skin because like I said, that's not my dynamic. I'm a trans man. She's a trans woman. Two completely different walks of life. I'm not walking outside the house, you know what I'm saying, like getting getting fucked with every goddamn day, you know, worried about if I'm going to die today, you know, tomorrow. And like I said, of course, I wanted to be that guy that was spoiled. Like, no, stop doing this. Like, stop doing this. If you want to be with me, you know what I'm saying? Like, how does this look to my friends and stuff like that? I had to slowly come up out that shit. You know what I'm saying? It was hard for me. Like, it was real. I mean, you know how that situation was because we sat down a multitude of times with you and Mia. Unfortunately, like I said, things just didn't work. One of the best relationships I ever had, craziest, craziest motherfucker I probably ever dealt with, but literally she had some things going on that at that point in time in my life, I could not relate to. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't there yet. I wasn't ready to understand the, the sex work side of it. I'm like, okay, I love her enough and I'm making enough money. You know what I'm saying? And we together, she shouldn't have to keep doing this. She shouldn't have to do this. You know what I'm saying? So like even trying to get her out the game. And you had money, right? Yeah. You had and money. That's a, like I tried to take her up out of it. You know what I'm saying? And that was like, to me, I'm, I'm like constantly like, I'm like, I'll go broke just to get you out of this shit because she was a good ass person. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, because of the shit that she had went through and things that, you know what I'm saying, like she had become accustomed to and things that she had been accustomed to having mm -hmm. and these girls trips and traveling and touring and shit like that, I would go on tours with them and stuff and I'm like, middle of the night, I got to get up and leave out of my hotel room because you got a client. There were certain things that like could have been handled differently. So that whole situation in itself, very, very, very different for me. Not saying I would do it again, it was just, like I said, it was an understanding process. And I think because of the two different dynamics of life and like her traumas and my traumas and all that stuff, they just didn't blend well at all. And she hadn't gotten to the point to where she had accepted herself, even in her work. That's the crazy part. And people, I don't think people that's been, that hasn't been in a relationship with somebody that's done sex work can't understand it because in a way i remember you saying like thinking about doing it mm -hmm. and if i'm gonna be honest i think that's part of the reason why i started <laughs> like if i'm gonna keep it like a, a thousand i think that was one of my coping mechanisms because i wanted to work so bad and i knew yeah. it was effectively and i wanted to relate and understand because i wanted to work i was like okay I know I can get surgery money from this. Yeah. And also, I know that I want to be with you. And the only way for me to really understand is if I kind of get into it. And, you know, I didn't want people to think that I got into it because of her. Like, she forced me to do it, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't like that. It was very a willing thing. But it, I already thought about it before I got with her, too. And I already kind of dibbled in it. But... 
you know, me already having that open mind, that's what makes yeah. the difference. You didn't have that open mind from when, the get-go. When, when I decided that it was something that I potentially wanted to do myself, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I watched how they moved and how they acted. But her thing for me was, O'Shea, like, as much game and as much life experience as you got, this, it ain't for everybody. But, you it's know, me, it, and, and I thought, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> hey, I thought, I'm like, hey, bro, you can't tell me what's for me and what's not. So we fought over that all the time because I'm like, if you working, I might as well work. I'm, I mean, shit, technically, just to call a cat a cat, I might be fucking for free any goddamn way. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what at this point, what harm is it? If both of us, you know, stacked up from sex work, hey, it is what it is. As long as we, She you know, did not want you to. She was like, no. She hated it. You you know, we no. used to fight over that all the time. She was like, hell no. She was like, somebody lay down with you? No, 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 no. So she was selfish in a sense when it came to me. Like, no, no, no. You my prize position at home. I can go out here and do X, Y, and Z, but no, nah, you stay at home. Mm-hmm. But it translated into our relationship too, because our sex life was bad. We, she never had the energy on it to me, and like I said, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pull a certain night. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna do no shit like that. But right. at the same time, like I said, because she will work all day long and all stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Because she worked, have so many clients like back to back to back and all this stuff like that. Like when she came home, I literally we might talk for a couple minutes, and she was out for the count. You know what I'm saying? Like to me, it was just it was it, it was a compromise and it was a compromise that she wasn't willing to make and neither was I. So it was mm-hmm. like, you know, we were we was butting heads all the time. We called Z and me, I called Z a multitude of days crying. Yeah. Like boo-hooing, like I'm in love, like I am stuck, nigga. Like I'm stuck. And mm-hmm. shit. It just it wouldn't work. And Z, as nice as he is, he was trying to tell me, like, bro, it, it ain't y'all. <laughs> look. I done told you every way possible. Nigga, it ain't gonna work at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Diamond just said she felt like it, that's her saying, no, nah, she don't want you to do it, no, blah, blah, is misogyny showing up in her opinion. And I kind of feel the same way because there's a different attitude towards when AFAB people do sex work. And I know me and Mia have butted heads about me doing sex work because she felt like, oh no, you need to keep your pussy tight. Like, no, like, yeah, I'm your pussy yeah. tight. And blah, 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 that, that pussy, I love when it belongs to me. And it's like, bitch, I love yeah. when you belong to me. Right. The and then she's like, oh, you too fine. Like, right. you too fine. You're going to be out here giving yourself. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it's a no for me, sis. It's a no for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, but as far as you, Jasper, like, how was your experience dating trans women? My experience was cool, honestly, like, Honestly, I was one of those people, like, before I started dating trans women, like, I was one of those, like, oh, no, I can't date no trans women, like, in hateful ways, but I would be like, nah, it just wouldn't work out. Yeah, even, like, there's some way it won't work out, you know, but for no real reason. But then I started dating them, and, like, the first trans girl that I dated, she was, like, she only, like, she prefers to date only trans men. Instead, like, she only dates men, but she prefers trans men over cis men because she feels like, like, just all of, like, I guess, you know, the trauma and just the issues that she's dealt with with cis men and then plus, like, just having that relatability. So when she told me that, I feel like it just opened my eyes, like, hmm. And it just really made me think. So, like, honestly, I prefer dating trans women, but even, even though I'm not with a trans woman now, but I prefer that just because I get it. But at the same, like, I mean, but I've also never dated 
like the other girl I dated, she was a sex worker, but it's not like I knew at the time. And the other one honestly put me on. It's like she was the one at first even told me like what well, OnlyFans or anything ever was. I was like, oh, okay. Like so I never had like no issues with anything. It was just like okay, like you gotta do what you gotta do. I think some of them, because it took me a minute to tell me, too. I think some of them know that that's already a stereotype that yeah. they engage in sex work. And so they they don't want to miss out on a good opportunity with somebody that's cool and they have good chemistry with. And meanwhile, they trying to survive, pay their bills, take care of their family, because that was me a situation. Take care of her family, uh, pay for surgeries, you know, and I try... I had to develop an understanding for that. You know, at the end of the day, her body's not mine. And it's my decision if I want to put out with it or not. And I still have my moments, mm -hmm. like my little moments where I get kind of jealous and she does too. But I think that's part of it, being in a relationship. And, you know, me already having that stereotype that a lot of them do sex work, you know, I kind of already expected that that sounds so bad but <laughs> i expected that so that's that's yeah. been my only my, my concern though uh-huh my my thing with uh dating a trans woman is you know me like i'm real protective of anybody you know what i'm saying whether mm -hmm. it's you whether it's my siblings my nieces with her i was always i was to the point to where i was willing to compromise and like actually go with her like pretty much work bodyguard for her and the girls when they work because every time she left the house if her phone died she never kept her phone charged if her phone died or if she told me i'm going for an hour and she was gone two three hours i would freak the fuck out and she would come to the house like nothing fucking happened and i'm like bro you don't realize what's going on you dealing with you dealing with motherfuckers and i'm like drop your location let me know something send me a picture of who you're dealing with so at least i know if something happening and she was just so carefree like it's gonna happen to me i've been doing this for so long blah 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 woo, woo. and i'm like yeah and they'll be the ones i'm like dallas texas they constantly killing trans girls there you know what i'm saying but that carefree attitude i think that was another thing that kind of like drove me away because she was like pretty much like you need to relax you're so uptight you're no nigga like i'm in love with you and i'm worried about you you know what i'm saying like that that was kind of my thing and she never she never caught it and like even her um her homegirls and stuff that worked with her you remember all her friends like mia brooke all them bambi all them you know what I'm saying? we had our own little independent beefs or whatever like that but they were all like oh like if a nigga would you know like if niggas would do like that with me you know what i'm saying so it became a thing like bitch don't fuck this up and she fucked it up anyway so it was like i mean it wasn't really shit that i could do at that point you know what i'm saying but my thing was protection you know what i'm saying I, be safe. How do I look happening? Yeah. Explain to your mom and daddy. Oh yeah, you know they know me. They know we together. You got killed because you were working. They didn't even know she was working. So how I'm gonna sit in their face? You know what I'm saying? Tell them this shit and this how their daughter died. You know what I'm saying? Like all this stuff like that. I told her I was like, I don't want to be that person. I don't think I can engage in this relationship off the strength of that because I know how emotional I am already as a man. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't it wasn't gonna work for me. What's crazy about that, Shay, is there would be moments, like, I relate to that completely, because there would be moments I would get mad and find myself cussing me out because she didn't tell me that she was going to see a client, or she didn't tell me that she was safe, or, like, she'll overdo her stay, and I would know that, and I'd be thinking, like, bro, like, 
Did she get harmed? Is it like she'll tell me all these stories? She got robbed, and like I'll be paranoid every time she see a client. Like and she I'm got drugged. Drug she got drugged and got left in by her friends. Wow. So somebody roofied her one night. She got left in the alley and woke wow. up, and they laughed about it the next day. Said in my face and laughed about it. Like like nothing like nothing could have possibly happened to her. So shit like that was kind of what drew me. Like I'm like, man, y'all ain't care about your own fucking life. You know what I'm saying? How I'm gonna put this much effort into caring about you? Mm. And you don't even care about yourself. So that's kind of mm. that was another thing. So like you know, to me, not all trans women do sex work. You know, some of them have gotten out of the game. You know what I'm saying? Some of them are still in, but some of them handle themselves differently in the game too. You know what I'm saying? Like right. some of them are reckless with their shit. You know, it just depends. Right. So like I said. I'm not the type of person. I've never been against anything. You know what I'm saying? Would I do it again? Hell yeah. You know, any day. Like, not against it. With the same person? No. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Everybody definitely got different experiences being in the trans on trans relationships. Sometimes they'd be like, oh, I'm done with it or blah, blah, blah. I'm not the type of person because I've dealt with other trans women that stopped fucking with me after I told them I was trans. Like, and, you know, I never was like, nah, fuck trans women. You know, I'm yeah. not going to be that type of person because I have an open mind at the end of the day. But, hey. Um, but, yeah, I think we did show y'all. Um, I really appreciate y'all for coming to talk to me, not flake out on me, <laughs> going through with it. Um, just let people know your uh, your social media handles wherever you want to give. Shit, what is mine? <laughs> uh, Instagram. If you don't want to, that's okay. No, I don't know my Instagram name. You know, I changed my Instagram name like like I changed my drawers. Um, so my Instagram is Inked Legend with two eyes, I I N K E D underscore Legend underscore underscore. So that's my Instagram. Uh, Facebook just Shay Nelson S H E A last name Nelson. But yeah, that's it. I don't have Twitter. I need to make one so I can throw my ass on on Twitter too. <laughs> yeah, get to the get to the cool Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. What's your uh, my Instagram is at King Jasper X I I I and then um uh, uh my Insta I mean no my Twitter is at X I I I King and Facebook is just Jasper McLennan. I don't really post on there but I guess if you it's message me. That's probably the easiest way. All right. All right. Well, thank y'all. And um, if y'all happen to know any of the trans men that will be willing to be vocal about their life experiences, let me know. Shoot them over to me. And, uh, well, that's yeah, it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamond, S-T-Y-L-Z, at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 Every